And that's where I'm stopping, Doug. He came to that conclusion we can only have our eyes on thee. And I heard Sean Hannity today say these words. Folks, without the polling, without the polling boxes or polling places, we have nothing. Now, now I want you to think about how stupid that is, but it's exactly what they would like us to believe, isn't it? I don't believe in polling booths anymore. I'm not sure they ever did work. But my faith is not in that voting booth. And so, as I told you earlier, Doug, you can't tell me Kansas is for killing babies just because they come out and say, ooh, Kansas is for killing babies. <laughs> you know, what makes these people think they fixed all this voting irregularities and everything's right on track now? Now they're saying the big blue, the big red wave is going to be turned back. It's gotten worse. We all know it, don't we? It's gotten worse. But these pathetic pigs that run the, the slander machine keep telling you, it's all good. It's just in your imagination that you think it's bad. And so that made me think of this, this position Jehoshaphat was in. And as far as we're concerned, our eyes must be on God right now. Amen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Gideon Warrior Radio Network here on the talk show. And you just heard from Russell. Brother Russell has brought us into Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning at the first verse, carried us through basically to uh, verse 9 and, uh, and beyond a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 12, 13, 12. Yeah. And, um, I know that people are going to have some things to say this evening, perhaps, uh, maybe here. Nobody wants to say anything about the events of the day, um, and that's fine. Um, I agree with you, Russell. I, I think it's an excellent example. It's an excellent proof um, of where we are at biblically and what we do biblically. And I like the analogy. Uh, about today's modern times in connection with this uh, invasion of Judah recorded for us in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Um, I've got myself a box around 3 through 6, and it continues over on the next page to, three, uh, to verses 9. And that is because this is um, our example, if you will. And we have a man that, that sought to be a leader over Jacob Israel here in America and said he was going to clean a swamp. And now I think that they're recognizing that it's, it's not the swamp that needs to be cleaned. It's the entire edifice that perhaps uh, they are now recognizing that needs to be tore down. And this is exactly what you see here in Second Chronicles is, um, you know, it's, it is striking that from time to time we have good kings who did right before God. Scripture says they did right. 
and says, but they didn't tear down the groves or they didn't tear down the high places or, you know, there was one or two different things perhaps that they did not do, but he still favored them. So the point is, even in our despicable state and even in a state of unrighteousness in one thing or another, if we are willing to call upon him and seek him diligently, he's filled with an abundance of grace. And, you know, Mr. President, you are not the first person that this happened to in America, in spite the fact that you may be the first president. Let me tell you, Mr. President, there are thousands of men and women just like you who spoke against lawlessness, wrestled against lawlessness and the lawless, and they paid the same price. Their homes were raided and their liberties were denied. And ultimately, they paid severe prices, in some cases, with their lives. And it doesn't have anything to do with a war machine. It has to do with these bureaucratic agencies coming against the people who speak out, who expose that the Constitution that you claim to wrap yourself in is not being adhered to. Not just speaking out, but literally coming against it and trying to teach it, share it, show it, and provide the alternatives only to be invaded, arrested, and deprived of liberty. And until that happens to you, there are very few that can really relate to that. Very few. And I don't want to hear about your people who've served in your no-win wars and did ultimately sacrifice their lives. But people, it's time to get real. These people were not fighting for your freedoms in America and your liberty. No. It's time no. to recognize that. That is to not that is not to disparage the death or to disparage the misguided assumption. Not at all. It is it is to wrestle with the fact and recognize it as fact. There has not been one person in America that has made been made one whit freer from the sacrifice of any man or any woman in these no-win wars, nor who have gone all over the world and not lost their lives under the auspices and belief that they are doing this so that America can remain free. No, you are not free. May have understood it was getting bad, but now you do know. But as I say, Mr. President, you're not the first. You won't be the last until once again, as Second Chronicles chapter 20, actually you began with 19, didn't you, Russell? 
Yes. Yep. And with that cause, whatever comes to you of your brethren that dwell in their cities between blood and blood, between law and commandment, statutes and judgments, you shall even warn them that they trespass not against Yahweh, and so wrath come upon you and upon your brethren. This do, and you shall not trespass. Do not forget this word brethren in that passage tonight either, ladies and gentlemen, because that's going to tie in to tonight's fellowship. Say again, Russell. Well, at the end of that chapter, Jehoshaphat does indeed do, do himself in. At the end of his reign, he he reneges and and makes a deal with somebody he shouldn't. But Doug, just just to move back to to, to the to the today's occurrence. When they said that the the administration had no prior knowledge of this invasion into Mar-a-Lago, I want you to think about that statement for a second. That means our president is not aware of anything. I mean, I, I completely believe he wasn't aware. But you can bet the people yanking his strings were aware. But think of the magnitude yeah. of the of the stupidity and the deception to release that news blurb that we didn't know it was going to happen. And in other words, our our intel's not very good, is it? Somebody should have told him that we pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars an agent. You would think they'd had that information, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, it's just well, it's uh, yeah, it, it is. It's it's corrupt to the core, and and you know, this is the same. <clears throat> excuse me, the same FBI that for two exactly. and a half years, you know, said he colluded with Russia, and so it should not be a surprise to anybody that this continues and uh, i mean i read his statement i i sent it out to you i think last night you know just within about an hour of it actually coming out and uh um you know his statement is is spot on i mean there's no no doubt the statement is is spot on that this has never happened to you know a president former or sitting and um but uh, it has happened to other people, and yeah. that's something that Mr. Trump needs to recognize. Uh, for a clear example, this just happened to Dr. Simone Gold. You know, I mean, I, I, it does not, it just happened to how many January Sixers, you know. Um, yeah. It's happening, you know, r- r- routinely. Um, if you're not... If you're not of the political persuasion that they are, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the guy in Utah that they blew his wife's head off was it Randy somebody years ago? You know who I'm talking about? Shot his family, Randy shot his Weaver. kid. Yeah. Randy, Weaver. Randy Weaver. It happened in uh, in Arkansas. This guy that got an altercation. They burned him alive in the log cabin in Arkansas. 
Yeah, he's not right. the first. As a matter of fact, he got out alive by the guy that he appointed head of the FBI. Explain that one. Well, it, it goes deeper than that. Every individual yeah. that's ever been arrested and charged with a crime of willful failure to file or any number of other internal revenue crimes, um, they too. Um, it goes to those individuals who tried to present a usury-free lending program and in fact did by their own government agents said that we had lent to more than $3.2 million or at least had the ability um, already in unprocessed and uncollected funds uh, in receipts for $3.2 million in, in, in loans that had already had already been lent. So we are already receiving uh, monthly payments on those zero interest loans that that had been done. And this cannot be tolerated. You know, this is the quintessential issue is which are we going to live under? Are we going to live under a, a, the God of Jacob Israel, the God who has given us the commands, statutes and judgments, which are righteous altogether? Um, or are we going to live under man's uh, um, uh, inventions and, and, and the works of his hands? And I think that people, there are more and more people that are, are coming aware and are ready to actually receive the witness that, um, you know, my series on America's constitutional idolatry conveys. And as I've said so many times, that's a hard, that's a hard one for people to swallow. Go ahead. Yeah. One more comment. I asked a radio guy today where were uh, I asked somebody I don't remember where it was I said where were the uh, the secret police that protects the president what do they call them secret service yep. and well I guess this was on the Rush Limbaugh show uh, I was thinking it and somebody asked it today. And the guy on the Rush Limbaugh show said, yeah, we asked about that. They were called ahead and told to leave. Now, I want you to think about that one. That, that wouldn't that's an, inter- that, that, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting yeah. one, Russell, because now I, I made a comment to my family here earlier this afternoon, and I said, actually, it was this morning, I guess, <clears throat> Um, I had quite a dissertation with my sister last night, and um, the first thing I said to her is I said, look, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, and instantly upon hearing that information, he should have immediately called the National Guard up. He should have been on to the sheriff of that county and said, you are the highest law enforcement official of the county. I am instructing you. I am instructing you in accordance with the uh, the uh, pr- you know jurisprudence uh, to immediately form a task force to head to the Mar-a-Lago, and additionally, I am supplying you with the entire and am ready to mobilize it at a moment's notice. The entire Florida National Guard. And I want you to extricate every one of those agents from that 
residents. Now, this would have sent a clear and decisive message, not only about Ron DeSantis, it would have sent a clear and decisive message to the federal government about who you are as an individual state. You are either mm -hmm. an individual sovereign state or you are not. You are a vassal of the federal government. And, you know, this this would have been um, the proper way to react and the proper way yep. to extricate people who are not un in their federal enclave. They are not in a jurisdictional area where they should be. Um, and this is where it stops. And this is how it stops. And you can have all your strongly worded letters and all of this and that and everything else. If you believe in this constitution, uh, then why uh -huh. do you not have enough understanding of this constitution to know what your quote unquote constitutional rights are and where yeah, your legal limitations are between a state and a federal agent and or agency? So Boy, um, that's a great me, point, Doug. That's a yeah, great this is point. Exactly where was Ron DeSantis? Somebody needs to ask that. Where was he during the raid? And so anyhow, this morning, I said to my family, either we are being played once again. And the statement that you just made, Russell, which is that the Secret Service, somebody asked the question, where was the Secret Service, the detail that is is protecting the president? Um, that's pretty important and a very important question. And how could that be that they were called off of a detail? Um, and, you know, Dan Bongino, I didn't get to hear him today, but he's, you know, he's a federal secret service. So um, I don't listen to him much. You and I have talked about him. Uh, I think we're inclined to believe the same about him. Uh, he's a loudmouth, uh, brash New Yorker, but notwithstanding, um, um, he does have some he does have some experience in those agencies. And uh, if he's got some experience in there, then he ought to be able to answer that question. If a detail was called off by what authority and how does that happen, that a detail would be called off. And that's very enlightening, because if so, I would say this is part of the show. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I still need to have we're getting, abundant information. I just don't feel like we're getting a return on investment for all these uh, war machines that are supposed to protect us. Do you? Where are they? Where's the general of the United States? Where are they? They're silent. Well, you know, and this is the thing that parted friendships for me with a person that said I was his friend and it opened his eyes to new things that uh, new truths, new understandings. But this one thing could not be tolerated of me is that uh, uh, apparently to to speak against this military. And it happens to be that a video of a former military guy had been sent to me and I just simply responded. I had a little problem with something uh, within it um, and I was berated um, and and basically my friendship cast aside. Um, but the point is, you know, stop talking about 
all the things that the military guys have done. Where's the military coup that's being formulated and put together? You know, where's the military guys forming the posse comitatus uh, and so forth? And I'll tell you where they're at. And, you know, some may not like the answer as to what. That's no, where they're at, where they're at Russell, where they're at, where they're at is they're getting their pensions. And uh, that's the truth of the matter. They're getting their pensions and and their retirements and so forth. And, um, you know, for having served and um, they're usually not going to be too interested in doing something that's going to. Uh, set that aside now we do have an instance of one military guy that went on and did a video and said he's setting aside the entire military thing to to say what was happening uh, within the ranks with regards to the whole COVID deal uh, i don't remember the guy's name but you know he did the video and laid it out all all on the line and said he gives up everything that he's got coming to him and what I understood from his video what he had coming to him was better than a million bucks. And, um, you know, so uh, this uh, this thing that 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 happened, Mr. President, um, I feel your pain. Trust me. I've been there. I've had that happen to me. I've had my offices ransacked. I've had my residences ransacked as if I am, you know, scum of the earth and a criminal of the worst order. Not not somebody knocking on the door and saying, look, we're here from here and, you know, we've got a warrant. And, you know, what we want to do is we want to execute it properly and and all of these Uh kinds of things. And so let's, you know, let's get your legal counsel here. Let's get a plan in, in, in place and. And, um, you know, I'll give you a few minutes to make a phone call. No, that isn't what they do. And the reason is they have to shut you down. They have to take you out. And then you're in front of a jury. You're in front of a jury, this great jury that, you know, this great system called the jury system. And you don't have Uh one person in 12 that has the wherewithal and the ability to say, wait a minute. What's going on here? No, they all sit there and say, well, if you're here and and you're on the other side of that table over there across from the prosecution, you must have done something wrong. I mean, that is inbred in the people. And so you must have done something wrong or you wouldn't be crossways with your government. Well, now people are finally realizing that the government's been corrupt for a long time. I can tell you, go back to Marbury versus Madison, one of the first Supreme Court decisions. I'm not going to yep. tell you about it. Go read it for yourselves, people. If you really, really want to understand, you will see the first political foray and the use of political power by the parties in power in that case. And so this isn't new. This no. is just new to the people who are just waking up to it, unfortunately. And uh, I agree. Our solution is very, very easy. And, and re- even in reading this story in Jehoshaphat and applying it to our situation, we also recognize that he also told us 
I believe here in Chronicles. I'd have to look it back up, but um, where he said he would turn his ears from listening to us. And yeah, so, you know, points. everybody's everybody's, you know, often cited Second Chronicles 714. And I said to him repeatedly, I said, what is the point of citing Second Chronicles 714? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And I've said mm -hmm. there's an activating passage. There's an activating scripture to Second Chronicles 714. It says in 15, your, his, now my eyes shall be open, my ears attend to the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David thy father walked and do according to all that I have commanded thee and shall observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of my kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father saying there shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments which I have set before you and shall go and serve other gods and worship them then will I pluck them up by the roots out of the land which I've given them and this house which I have sanctified for my name. Now, just as before we went to air, I was just talking with Jeremiah and I said, you know, when you think about it, <clears throat> if you consider Yahweh's laws, statutes and judgment, equivalent, if you will, just hear me out, equivalent with God himself, then you could safely say that when you go and serve another God, you are going and serving another set of laws. Because as I say, if you put those as an equivalent, you say his law, statutes, and judgments are equivalent to God himself, then if we go and serve other laws, other laws of other nations. And so where we were at was we were in Deuteronomy, was that 13, Jeremiah? <clears throat> Yeah, 13. 13. If thy brother, I'm at 13.6, if thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or thy wife, or the bosom, or thy friend, which is thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, let us go and serve other laws, which thou hast not known. Now, the word there is God. So I'm just, I'm infusing the word laws, which thou hast not known thou nor thy fathers, namely, of the laws of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth, thou shalt not consent unto him. You shall not hearken unto him, neither shall your eye pity him, neither shall you spare, neither shall you conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. And thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards, the hand of all the people. If we could just do that one thing in our mind, equate the God of Jacob Israel with his laws as the law itself, the laws, statutes, and judgments being the essence of God himself, mm -hmm. we should be able to understand 
how we forsake him and go after other gods. You see my point? Yes, that is an extension of his will. It it exactly is. And so, because I, I had thought about that and I thought, you know, here we are, we're being led astray, we're being led away from serving the true God who has required us to be under his law, statutes, and judgments. And he made a new covenant with us, which is right where we've been in the series on kingdom dominion or future dominion, a bird's eye look at Revelation. And now this part that we've swerved into here in the fellowships, this racial exclusivity. And you know so why nobody's mad, Doug? You know why nobody's not storming the streets and protesting and rioting? Because they've all been reassured that through Romans 13, this is all God's plan. And you're not to come against it. You're just passing through. You know that's what's on their minds. Exactly. A large part of them. I can just hear it now. Now, y'all don't get upset that we're just passing through. We're going to be raptured out of this mess. And when you talk about equating Yahweh, his law, statutes, and judgments as one and the same, and then look at it from the essence of not going after the gods of other nations. You see, the first thing we did was, well, not the first thing, but one of the things that we have done is signed on with the United Nations and essentially Mm -hmm. said, we'll acknowledge all your laws and we'll even work to consolidate our laws to conform with your laws and where your laws conflict, we will ignore our laws in order to abide in your laws. When did that happen? The United Um, Nations was that was that 1917 or was it way later on? I don't remember. But I was well, just thinking I, it's, uh, been a, it's been a curse since the day it opened, just like the stripping of the reading of the Bible in the public schools. Yeah, um, uh, I, I believe it happened right in the World War One or excuse me, World War II era, somewhere in the 40s, 40, 40 to 45, somewhere in there. As, as I recall, that's, that's, that's when we, we made the leap there. I think there. it was 48 or 49. I think yeah, it was 48 or 49. Well, did I hear correctly when they said they're going to hire 58,000 new agents for the IRS? Well, I actually saw something. Yeah, I actually yeah I actually saw something last night that that was uh, they were adding seventy seven thousand to the hundred thousand or something and and uh, <clears throat> anyhow October twenty fourth nineteen uh, nineteen forty five October twenty fourth nineteen forty five when was Armistice Day. Uh, May 1st, June 1st. 
It wasn't too long afterwards, yeah. was it? No. I think it Yeah, was. it's... Uh... Well, somebody should have been hung for that. You know, think about it. Well, and all of the organized churches signed on to that, you know, because anybody who's a part of an organized church, whether it's the Episcopalians, the Lutherans, uh, um, uh, even even evangelical uh, churches that have bylaws and so forth that support uh, in those bylaws the goals and objectives of the United Nations Charter. And uh, so, you know, uh, whether it's Episcopalians or or Lutherans or uh, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank no, on no, the various no, offshoots. Don't, Methodist, don't forget yes, the un, Unitarians. Don't forget the you know, Unitarians. All of those, uh, because I look, I look so, them up you know, because, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, so. So this is, you know, this is again part of the part of the problem. So, well, as I say, I knew that there'd probably be some desire to have some conversation regarding uh, the events of the day, um, and I don't know if we want to discuss the events of the day for the for the remaining part of the fellowship, or if we want to get back to racial exclusivity. I will have you know, I, you know, I usually don't do this very often and say much about you know communications that i've that i've got regarding uh-huh. fellowships that we're doing and so forth uh-huh. um but uh i've had a couple pretty you know pretty good responses this this uh, go round on this series on racial exclusivity and and you know i i usually don't mention anything because i you know i, I don't i don't want any accolades or anything I, i'm grateful to hear that that people are benefiting from the messages and that it, it's it, it's you know redounding to those individuals who are trying to walk closer with god and that's enough for me and that's the intention yeah. um and well, giving freely as he gave to us so that we might help and benefit and turn people's hearts back to god go ahead russell uh, of the 87,000 new IRS agents, how many of them do you think will be white Christian people versus taking them off the bus from Texas, from Governor Abbott, and just turning them into agents? I mean, it'd be a great job for foreigners, wouldn't it? Especially if they could speak English or disenchanted uh, meth heads or homeless people—that'd be great job for them, wouldn't it? I mean, think about MS-13 it. would be good at it. <laughs> yeah, and the Mossad's probably got a few people that could help out with it. Hey guys, uh, this is Eric. So, uh, just listening, and I, Doug, I, I just wanted just my thoughts. I think on the racial exclusivity uh, topic, I, I would say it, let's not add that in right now let's keep that to its own uh podcast i i do like this discussion right here and i I just think it it'd just be a lot cleaner if we just continue this one out but i wanted to add my thoughts and 
you know, we talked about the United Nations and, you know, 1945, but guys, it didn't start in 1945. You know, it started in 1918 with the Bolshevik Revolution. And, and you know, at first it was white Russia uh, that fell, okay, in World War One, And uh, the Bolsheviks won, you know, and that, and that, and that was, that was the thing. Um, white Christianity fell in Russia. Okay. And then when you get to World War II, um, I don't, I don't understand why people expect a different result for where we are now. When we realized that we got into bed with communism, we sided with communism. I mean, just let that hang in the air. And it's like, General Patton, he said it, and once he said this, he was he was assassinated shortly thereafter. But he said, "We defeated the wrong enemy," quote unquote. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so to think to think that we we're, we're surprised. Why are we Why are we surprised that the condition of our country is what it is? If you go back and you just want to just do a just do a photo or video montage of America pre World War II, and you will see that that country is gone. We're what's but they're trying to kill us off. And here's my final thought, and that is it's asinine to think that we can change the system the outcome using their system you know it's like you know it's like when when they say yeah you know if, if we want if you vote well we found out what what it means to vote they, they've gained yeah. the system on that polling booths uh political parties q you know uh all of the things that was supposed to do and, and all it is is they want to lull you into this this thing this slumber if you will while they throw the coup de gras down on you and that's what they're doing and so i think that the only way and i've said this before the only thing that's going to defeat this is yahweh he's going to defeat it and we know that's going to happen in the end and so what we should do is get off our knees not 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 in that sense the word but what i'm saying is is that he you know god wants us to be warriors and look to him and ask him what we should be doing and the and and i've seen far too many people i've watched them and I, i've been i've been watching these guys uh for probably well since i i mean think of it like this why are we surprised and when we got who brought us 9 11 that was an inside job i mean how did that happen on our watch right you know and how how do you have airplanes that have that that burn jp4 which burns a little bit hotter than kerosene how did that melt steel oh and by the way how did it melt all the beams underneath the place where the airplane supposedly hit it's a controlled demolition you know and yeah, so what they want to do is they want to lull you they want to lull you into thinking that you can do something using their system and that is flawed and we have to get off of that we have to slap ourselves in the face and wake up and realize that this country that our forefathers knew is dead. It's gone. It's gone. And then she's got and too much blood on her hands. Think of the millions of uh, white German soldiers uh, and other ethnic, uh, you know, whites that were murdered. Uh, even now, I'm not even talking about during the war. I'm talking about after war. Just look up the Eisenhower uh, death camps. Okay, the yeah. the Rhine Meadows. Look at it. 
and 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 we need to start getting um, pardon my French. We need to get uh, okay. We need to get started angry. We st- we need to yeah. start getting angry and stop giving these guys their pass. And there's one. Then it's that group that nobody wants to name, but these rat bastards are the ones behind it all. And yep. and, and it's and these are bankers' wars. And I want to call them. It's the Jews. It's the Edomites. Whatever you want to call them, I don't get. I really don't care. I'm tired of giving them the pass. And uh-huh. so uh, again, I'm sorry. Uh, this is just the way I am. I knew I'm a newcomer to this, but I, I'm I'm tired. I mean, I served, and and now, uh, but I, I'm not proud of it. I'm just thankful uh, to my Father in heaven that while I was serving, we weren't, uh, you know, at that time we weren't we weren't really at war with anybody. But if you look at America, we are uh, we are Israel's junkyard dog. We're their bitch. Okay. And, and we're the ones that's been, we get pulled around and when they want to yank and do us and get them to do something for us, who do they call? And they don't, and they don't respect us. Okay. So anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ranting, but well, I hey, uh, Eric, Eric, I really appreciate that. And we've now all learned something too of you and we've learned that you are bigger than your service. And to that, I say, thank you, brother. Now, the Wrath of the Awakened Saxon. I don't know if you've ever heard Rudyard Kipling's poem. It was not part of their blood. It came to them very late with long arrears to make good when the Saxons began to hate. They were not easily moved. They were icy, willing to wait till every count should be proved ere the Saxon began to hate. Their voices were even and low. Their eyes were level and straight. There was neither sign nor show when the Saxon began to hate. It was not preached to the crowd. It was not taught by the state. No man spoke it aloud when the Saxons began to hate. It was not suddenly bred. It will not swiftly abate. Through the chilled years ahead, when time shall count from the date that the Saxon began to hate. That is a very 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 poignant um, profound and poignant um poem from rudyard kipling about the saxon and you know one of the other things one of the other things that we had commented on um in our family um and and i'll tell you it, it was commented on as a result of listening to um the radio and a local female talk show host who's got more gonads than many that I know in the talk circuit. And anyhow, she had Sheriff uh, Clark uh, from Milwaukee. He's a former sheriff, black sheriff, um, you know, a conservative sheriff, you know, but uh, he's a law and order sheriff. All right. And they had him on. And one of the things that he said was he began to cite the Declaration of Independence, that provision in there, which which goes this way. Um, when it uh, let's see, now I'm going to now I'm going to mess up really bad. Um, see if I can find my declaration here real handy. Um, it's the. Uh, Looking for my book here. 
Well, do you do I have time it, to give you a piece of the puzzle? Sure, go ahead. I'll look for it while you're doing that. Oh, I know what yeah. I did with it. I stuck Eric, it in the Eric, what what we must never, ever, ever, never forget. The Bolsheviks said let's let's he let's you and him have a revolution. And so there was a revolution and after it was over the Bolsheviks just took out the guy that just won the war and they 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 took over power from the guys that actually did the fighting. But what I want you to know is is Karl Marx, son of a rabbi, a Talmudic you know what, uh that's yep. that they're the they're the authors of this word we call communism. It's it's Talmudism and it, it, you can't yes. turn on the TV or radio or go to any store without seeing how we've got to be a big community. Community this, community that, community this. And that's all straight out of Hillary's and Marx's playbook of, mm-hmm. of y'all, let's all go work for a living and I'll reap the benefits. You know? Yep. Yep, the, yeah, uh, you're right. Amen. The, I, I believe you. I'm, I'm with you, Russell. The provision okay. that was cited out of the declaration was that, or, and I think he might have even got it wrong. I'm just, uh, again, I, I've got it, but I don't have time to look for it. But he, he it's the provision that says, <clears throat> it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Okay? And, yeah. and I remarked to my family, and I said, now, now think about that statement. Just Think about it, (laughs) because I do this often. I say, just think about that statement. (laughs) Uh And uh, well, there was there was a little dissertation about I am thinking about it. (laughs) And I said, well, just think about that statement. It is the right of the people when it becomes destructive of these ends. It is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. I said, these people are altering or abolish it, abolishing it. There are people that are with these people in leadership who believe that these things should be abolished and done away with. And that's what they're doing on their watch. Yep. And, And that's an important thing for people to recognize is that, you know, you have these words in these documents that are nothing more than platitudes. And mm-hmm. the they have this this uh, ability to, as Eric said, lawless into sleep, and to lawless into a, a sleep that sometimes you you just wonder, as Eric also said, you wonder what it's going to take to slap us in order to get us out of it. It's like freedom of religion. We've got this um, First Amendment right to the freedom of religion, and I've asked people. Is God for freedom of religion? And if you know anything about Christianity or you know anything about the Bible, God of the Bible, he is not for freedom of religion. He is unequivocally (laughs) religious exclusive once again. And that is you are to serve and obey him and only him and honor him. That this, mm-hmm. this is not freedom of religion. So we take those words and we think that they mean something. But what did the wicked do with that? They sought to ensure that in the courts that meant everybody's religion was free yeah. to be established. 
and to be articulated and to be upheld, et cetera, and really to the exclusion of Christianity. Amen. So they completely flipped it upside down. And to reach people today, as we try to do with so many of these things, um, you know, we're flat out now unpatriotic. Um, as I said, I, I have had some some people, some people seriously want to separate any thought of ever having communications with me again over America's constitutional idolatry series that I have sent them, you know, in emails and provided Dropbox links and other things and literally cannot cannot understand why I would even endeavor such a thing. It, it's such an affront to them. They won't even listen. And you know they haven't listened. If they would listen, it, it would at least open their mind to some, you know, different thinking than they've had in the past. Nobody has to think the way I think or abide in, you know, my will. But certainly if it causes you to you know, recognize where you may be in error or it causes you to recognize your God more fully and embrace more fully the true intent of being of one mind united in in and endeavoring to to abide in his will then praise the Lord, we've reached one more and they're ready to cast out their idols. And uh, it has nothing, you know, I'm going to go meet that maker uh, the same way you're going to go meet the maker. And uh, we're going to both have our accountability session. And I'm going to do everything I can to, to, to intend to have him know that I was trying to remain accountable and bring others along to that proper understanding and that accountability. So some might say, well, you know, to me, in fact, well, you know, glad you finally got on board, you know, but I, I've been on board for a long time. But, you know, there could be some old folks out there. I've told you the story when I was doing the workshops on the debt free um, lending programs that we were doing as I was going around the country, we had people that would say, drop the religion out of this thing and you, you know, we'll help you move mountains to make this thing work. And, and, you know, I said, no, this is the core principle of the purpose and the intent. Not going to do it. Not going to do it at all. And, and, and I had this mentioned to you before this one gentleman, he's, you know, in his sixties and he, stood up and said, Doug, I want to hand it to you. He says, you go get him. You know, he says, you're young. And he says, you're, and I said, sir, what did you say 40 years ago? He said, I was too young. I didn't know. I said, what did you say 30 years ago? And, you know, you could tell that he was starting to slink out back into the chair and, and felt like a heel, you know, and well, it was too big. I couldn't do anything about it. And, and I said, and what'd you say 20 years ago, you know? And he came up to me at the end of uh, the workshop, you know, gave me the most vigorous handshake and said, he said, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate the things you said. And I said, now, look, before he sat down, I said, now, before you sit down, I want you to know 
that you're here today and that tells me that it never left your heart. So I was not saying this so as to disparage you in the least. But I said, I knew it was still in your heart and that's what I needed to hear from you. And I said, the fact that you knew these things about how big it was and everything else tells me that it never left your heart, you know, because he understood clearly how insurmountable it seemed to be. And now this was, I was in my mid twenties to late twenties at that time. And he was already in his sixties. Now another 40 years have transpired that we've been trying to open eyes and open ears and, you know, um, expose the true intent and will of our creator in the earth, not because we have some most favored status because we're somehow special or somehow greater. We were clearly given a commission and that's the bottom line. And we need to understand that commission and share that commission with people so as to not have the wrong. In fact, every other way that this has been tried other than the true commission given to the people by him, you could call it white supremacists, you could call it, you know, whatever group you want to, you know, put on it, patriots, etc. Any way that we've ever tried it, it has not worked. So it seems to me the correct way to do it is to put on the full intent and meaning of God's will for us to fully clothe ourselves and immerse ourselves in his will and articulate that out there to everybody that this is God's will and then let them argue with God's will. And I dare say the punishment that will come upon them for having argued with God's will, it will be a lot more severe than had they just remained in their ignorance. Amen. Hey, I want to also kind of make another comment uh, just to, on the positive note of my, as on my other rant. And, and I'm for me as a person, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. I'm a realist. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also optimistic. And that is that uh, God's God has made promises uh, to uh, with his covenant uh, to Jacob and his seed. And that prom the promises that went with that covenant uh, have to do with that that hit that that covenant is everlasting, and that his seed are they will never be stamped out. And it has yeah. to do with God being God. In other words, if that were to happen, then God would cease to it, it would it would be like God not being able to exist. Or stop existing and so what I want to leave us is because right now it's overwhelming if you think of and I think of uh, um, Russell he's down down in Texas I gather and I can only imagine I mean it's, it's bad enough in other states but you, it's, it's not just like a, a someone from Mexico that wants to seek a better life to come to America. The, there are people coming across the border or wanting to come across the border that mean to do harm. And yeah. what I think I of mean, is there is, yeah, there's this overwhelming sense of foreboding that is not just here in America, but we have to start thinking 
of our European brothers and sisters, because see, it's happening there as well. It's happening in Germany. You know, it's, it's happening in Ireland, it's happening in England. And so what it is, is it's, it gets back into where the enemy is sending out the flood, which we know that's peoples, okay? Yep. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to stomp it out. And the reason he's trying to stomp it out is because of what I've stated earlier. If he can stomp us out, he can defeat God. Now I know it's kind of, it, it, it's kind of a bit crude to say it that way, but that's what, that's what the enemy thinks is, is God's promises always are fulfilled, okay? And so what I want to leave us with is that do a study on the times when God has, when we read the stories of, okay, think of like Gideon uh, and, and his warriors. And what was the whole thing? You know, it was almost comical, you know, is God showing Gideon how to, uh, to, to, to basically reduce the number of workers. And this is in this, you know, we're, you know, uh, Gideon's warriors, right? And it's the few. And, and God doesn't need to have this massive army. He doesn't need this massive military to be successful. We have God. We have Yahweh as our, as on our side. And what we need to do is, as warriors look to him to say, what would you have me to do? What is that? And um, we will be, we will be, uh, we will be vindicated and we will see a vic that victorious day. It's, it's, and this is temporary. Okay. And so I just want to leave that in a form of encouragement. Uh, and I want to also just say, I'm so thankful that for this, uh, I don't, I, I stopped going to church probably about five years ago uh and it's and it's i just i just kept i just had to I, I hit them all right and and for me can i just say this group these these five people that i'm looking at here on my screen that are listening in i feel more of a kindred of brotherhood and with my brothers and sisters than i've had in years and i just want to say to you you know to doug thank you Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, it, I, honestly, I, it, it, um, listen, um, thank you for that. But, um, as I've said to, to many, um, all glory to God, I, all the glory, all glory to God. Um, yes. and if it's able to, you know, to help one person that, you know, Eric, number of things that you said, <clears throat> we live a life and there's, at, there's been times, I'm sure uh, some of you here as well, um, have probably had these thoughts, you know, where you wonder, has your, has your life made a difference, you know, because everybody wants to somehow feel like the, it mattered. And um, it, it, even even as I've talked in the past about people that have talked to me about baptism through emails, those locally, et cetera, that I've tried to share uh, with the, the duty and the obligation for baptism and, and how the scripture does say that that you will have the spirit of the Holy Spirit, uh, or I should say the Holy Spirit 
given unto you in in that baptism and it helps to open up the doors of your understanding i i truly believe that and so it's frustrating when you when you know people that have not just looked at everything in what the word says about baptism so that they would come to a conclusion in their own mind that they would they would like to lay down in that watery grave of baptism and be baptized for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of the holy spirit that things might be opened up to their understanding and so you go through life thinking that you know you're really not making much of a difference you know or or how is that difference um, you know because you want to see some manifestation of it i guess and i think that's the beauty of our creator is that um he gets to draw them and we get to water them and he gets to draw them some more and if we're there to water them some more we water them some more and um i'm glad that you feel kinship here um i agree i I left the organized church when i was in my my 20s and uh, have been out of the organized church i've never you know been in an organized church for fellowships whether it's evangelical churches or you know anything other than you know i had to go to a funeral or something else but um it um uh, these these four walls and this bible in front of me are the ecclesia to me until others come along and ecclesia with me and fellowship with me and share with me and want to be one united in god with me and um that's all we're doing uh we left a fellowship or should say guess we got kicked out of the fellowship because (laughs) we saw some things going wrong or the ministry and and uh you know uh 20 men got together on cell phone to cell phone to cell phone three-way to three-way to three-way and said we want to do this stay connected keep together and uh you know this is basically what it's turned into there are there are some of the men who still communicate with me through email that do not share or join at the at this hour because of schedules and some have some illnesses that they're still battling and and uh, makes them quite exhausted one's got a rare blood disorder that he's quite exhausted by this time of evening and um you know um, so i still communicate with some of the of the 20 or so men and um uh and so forth and i do try to reach out to all of them from time to time and say hello and 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 so forth um and um but this is it's not always convenient for everybody Tuesday night or whatever, and that's fine. They're still partaking of listening to the fellowships and the communications that we have and the, the bantering back and forth and, and are, are listening and enjoying and, and trying to learn as, as we learn. So we're not alone out there and uh, we're thankful for those that can share with us from time to time here uh, live and uh that's what it was all about that's what it started to be and uh, so again anybody i've said before is 
you have something you've been studying or a topic you want to bring up, send an email and we'll, we'll bring it up on the, on the floor. Uh, that's what it was all about. So I got a topic right now, Doug, you, right. uh, since we have time, you, you in the past have many times brought up, uh, preconceived notions. Yeah. And, and today it was back to school day here and it was just bubbles and goo goo all over everywhere. Hey, it's back to school. The kids are back in school. And I was, I was, you're going to call me a little weird, but I was reading a book that talked about this Swiss psychologist named Jean Piaget, which I remembered him from college. He wrote a book called Judgment and Reasoning in the Child. And he made this point that children naturally and unavoidably pass through a stage in which they feel words have power over things. And and anybody that's Uh, raised children, you can understand that, can't you? And so doesn't doesn't it stand to reason then using words correctly matters greatly? And so the function as adults, we need to retain some sense of that meaning of words, and we should respect the meaning of words. Unfortunately, our childhood stage often imprints too strong a feeling that means that the meanings have been settled by custom and authorities. And so what what just came to my mind back when I was reading this is the importance of the public school. Because they get to, they get to define the words, don't they? Yeah. Think about that. They're with the child eight hours a day or more, and what mommy and daddy told them, you know, they're in there saying, "Well, that's not necessarily true." Here's the truth. Okay. Yeah, that's in, in, I couldn't. Yeah, it's perfect. It's indoctrination. I mean, they get they get to. Uh, just uh wear them down okay yeah with uh with with their doctrine and that's the thing is uh i've I've said this before but uh you know when somebody talks about you know oh let's just go to neutral ground let's be neutral whatever and uh i forget which i i think i've gotten it from a some some evangelist whatever but anyway he said uh two things to remember when someone asked you to be neutral one they're not who you shouldn't be. You know, it's like I've often, I've often said neutrality only exists in the manual transmission of a car or truck. Uh, we're, we, you know, there is no such thing as neutrality. And that's, and that helps me because I'm, I, I will debate somebody and I don't, I just don't stand down anymore. And I think that that's the thing is whether, uh, and I, that Rudyard Kipling uh, poem that you said, I, I, Doug, I think that's so relevant. Uh, today is that they forced our hand and uh, so it's like they keep backing us uh, you know they got a gun to our head and they're backing us off a cliff so it's like you got it you've got a choice you're you want to play neutral or do you want to stand up and fight and we're going to have to we're going to have to do it yeah so anyway yeah well you know and go ahead Russell I, I hope that everybody listening that calls in for this Bible study I hope at this point in the study, because it's been going on several years, that we all understand 
the definition of sin, it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And although we may have committed it, we don't want to practice it. Do I hear an amen? Amen. 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 And the churches, I don't think they're putting that point across too heavy. Sin is not good. There is a thing called forgiveness, but don't push it, buddy. You know what I mean? Well, and that goes to the very issue of this, this, you know, statement that you made, God is a racist. Which is why I began to endeavor down this this path of racial exclusivity. Uh, one of the comments that I got said that this this is absolutely, you know, uh, good and needs to go out. And so I've been I've been making comments on Gab and stuff, and and where somebody says something, you know, I'll add my America's constitutional idolatry link if they're talking about something like that. I'll make a comment about, you know, the fact that this is this is America's idol and and, you know, I'll get some feedback and some response sometimes that's that's positive. And so I've got, you know, the little link left there and stuff. And and um, likewise, with other things on here, you know, that we've done. But this racial exclusivity is one of those things that, as I said in the first message, I said, it's high time that we deal with it and deal with it biblically and not be afraid of it biblically and because this is like what i keep saying when you are right and you have the right information argue just let them try to argue with that and it's it's like we always say you know truth you know you can't argue with truth um yes they will attempt to argue with it granted but eventually yeah. logic wins over and people who have the ability, which are, are fewer and far between, to use some logical deductive reasoning, you know, have to come to the conclusion of that. But back to that church situation that you mentioned, Russell, this is just like the universal church, you see. This is like the universal God. <clears throat> this is what men want to make God into, not what God is and the way God does things. And Mm -hmm. as a result, you know, as I say in this series several times, you know, they're trying to stuff a fat foot of whatever into the biblical record, and they're totally screwing the entire biblical record up and, you know, Mm -hmm. misconstruing it and and bastardizing it to the point that the average individual can't any longer make it any discernment as to what he should be believing. And that's the thing that God really does despise when the leaders have so deluded the people so as that they cannot decide what is good or bad. That's when he really, really hates it. And uh, intervention, you know, is there. And yeah, we, we often talk about the you know the divine intervention of god and and you know he's also told us that he he if he he would not punish us if he did not intend for us to be corrected by it and did not intend for us to carry on our commission go think of this uh 
No justice, no peace. Okay, what does that yeah. mean to our, our adversary? It means it means you don't fall in with us, you're dead. There, will, mm-hmm. in other words, we won't have justice till you're eliminated off the planet. And Black Lives Matter doesn't that mean that that white lives don't matter? I mean, isn't that the essence of what they're marching about? White lives don't matter. Why wouldn't you say life matters? Well, you know, uh, Eric made the comment about peoples in other parts of the country and stuff, too. And and, uh, our dear friend, Monica, in South Africa, um, I got another email from her over the past uh, weekend as well. And there was some kind of a photo shoot down in South South Africa, just uh, near Johannesburg. Uh, I forget the name of the city or whatever, but anyhow, um, the essence of the information that I gleaned was that it was some kind of a gospel um, video. And that in and of itself, I won't comment on, but um, what happened was they have a bunch of migrants down in that area and they come over and try to go into these old mines and glean for some gold and stuff. People die in them, all sorts of other things. But the bottom line was that uh, they blamed uh, several rapes. Um, apparently, they saw the video going on, and so they uh, went and accosted the women and, and, and raped a dozen of them. And, you know, South Africa has, has got a whole lot of other issues. We have a lot of farmers down there that are being killed and uh, nearly daily, nearly daily. And the world sits silent, you know, that that's going on. Uh, while the blacks have taken back over South Africa under the desire of utopia that is supposed to happen, uh, it's nothing more than a basket case and turned into, you know, you know, run down cities, run down infrastructures, run down everything. While many of the whites who who went to those regions and those areas um, and, you know, colonized in the areas and so forth um, and still live there and have raised families and have, um, you know, put food to the tables of many in South in, in in the entire country of Africa as well as South Africa, so they're hurting as well, and they've been under it for a long time. And imagine being able, you know, not being able to go to sleep at night, knowing whether or not you know you're going to be accosted in your own home by a band of thugs. Um, you know, we still live in a in a, in a part of country. Many of us not in the cities and and out of the cities and stuff, uh, you know, have the benefit of not having so much fear and concern of that or not fear in a, in a fearful sense, but concern of it. So yeah, I agree, Eric, we got a lot of people everywhere and, uh, we do keep, uh, reminding ourselves to keep all of them in prayer. But, um, now I've got, you know, a couple more parts to this series. If you want, we can bring them up next week or I can record one of them up and, and maybe I don't have two. I don't know. It may only be one, but there's a lot of material to cover in order to do it. But 
So we can either veer into that then next week, or I can pre-record it and put it out, or uh, and we can get on to something else if you guys want. No. Just do it next week. Let's, so. let's remain let's remain tentative so that we don't know what's happening from one day to the next. But as of right now, I'd certainly like to continue with this series next Tuesday, unless something yeah. supersedes that. And what happened well, yesterday? Well, we do have to. Big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it is a it is a big uh, a big deal, and and I knew there'd probably be some. But at the same time, I don't want to I don't want to be sidetracked by this stuff from from week to week for sure. And we've had that discussion yeah. too. Is that uh, these things are nothing new, and and they keep continuing and keep going on, and and. Um, and uh, we need to continue to study and be focused on on mm-hmm. what it is that he wants us to learn from his word. Or so it would have to be mighty big. So but, yeah, uh, and it could be. It certainly could be. The old man uh, just, I don't know how he makes it from day to day. You know, I, yeah. I really don't know how he makes it, but that's a that's God's business. Well, let's uh, close in prayer and and, uh, let's do that. Let's keep all our brethren in prayer. Heavenly Father, you know the needs of your people more than ever, Father. You know them. You see uh, the ways in which we have forsaken you and essentially turned our backs on you. Uh, Your people from Europe to here in the Americas, from the Isles. Father, we, uh, we... consistently come to you and ask for forgiveness for the sins of our fathers uh, the sins of those that did not see that what they were doing was turning away from you when we came to these shores and utilized your entire bible as our code of conduct and our our moral law and how we turned it away when we wrote this constitution or allowed those to write the constitution and and let it rule over us with a court of men to rule over us outside of your laws, statutes, and judgments. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, it's happened in Europe. It's happened here. Uh, we've exported it all around the world. And so, Father, we know that our punishment is due, and we know that judgment should be near. Otherwise, you would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. So, Father, we ask for your forgiveness. And we come to you humbly in the spirit of love and ask that you forgive us once again. And Father, look to us, a remnant, that we can build upon the ruins once again for you. And Father, it's our will that your will will be done in America and your people's lands wherever you've led them. And Father, help us to see your will and understand your will and guide us to direct others to that will and keep teaching us and keep um, directing us each day to a greater understanding of your will for us in our own place, local nations, and so forth. Father, we pray for those that are still struggling with health issues. We pray for those, Father, that have been injured by these wicked, evildoers. We ask that you 
work in their bodies to restore their bodies to good health that that their minds would be turned back to you and they would once again endeavor to learn about your healing ways and father we do pray for brother rich because we know he's been battling and struggling and and they're working feverishly with all that they know all that you guide and direct them to to continue to work on those things that have began uh, to plague him and father none of us knows what's going to come upon us through what these wicked and evil doers have done and the shedding uh, of these um these these uh, disease issues that are now occurring in our own people and so father we pray for continued protection continued healing upon all, all those individuals wherever they are and just pray for our nation father and ask that you be gracious in your mercy and allow us to return to you and allow us to once again fight for you uh, and stay under your banner and not bring us to a total destruction for our sin asking these things father seeing them being done in the heavens counting on him and trusting in them amen 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 well all right brethren we will let me say god let me i mean doug let me tell you this god you are so mighty you are so holy and righteous that you deal with people like us. I thank you for it, Jesus. I pray. That was my simple prayer, guys. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Amen. Yes, indeed. All right, all. We'll catch up with you next week. Part three. Racial exclusivity. All right. Good night. All right. All. Good night, everyone. Good night.